everybody. Welcome back to the Bold Sidebar. This is your host, Jeff Horn, talking all things New Jersey Supreme Court. I hope you liked part one of my interview with Judge Nelson Johnson. We'll be back with him in a couple of weeks to talk more about Chief Justice Vanderbilt, our first post-1947 Constitution Chief Justice. Now we're talking about a case where the majority opinion is written by the Chief, Chief Justice Rabner in this case, joined by all except for Justice Albin and Justice Pierre-Louis, who dissent in one of the two cases I'm going to speak to. We've got three defendants across two cases. The issue is whether individuals charged with crimes in the state of New Jersey, but present illegally and subject to the attention of ICE should be detained on that basis, i.e. the likelihood that these defendants will not be making court appearances because they are in ICE's custody or deported to their home country is a factor in their release or not. The names of the cases, State v. Molcor and Rios, M-O-L-C-H-I-O, excuse me, M-O-L-C-H-O-R and Rios, R-I-O-S, that's one case, that moved together because both defendants were involved in the same incident, and State v. Lopez Carrera, that's another case, completely different facts. Molcor and Rios got into a fight with another acquaintance. They threw punches, they broke beer bottles over the guy's head, and they were arrested. When put into the processing system, both scored low, neither had prior offenses, neither had any reason to be detained, other than the fact that the state was aware that ICE had these guys on their radar and hence they would be exposed to immigration consequences, including deportation that might occur prior to them coming to trial on their criminal cases in New Jersey. Lopez Carrera, basically the same issue. However, the crime is a child sexual assault. He was accused, not convicted, and in his case, he was right on the edge of deportation. Indeed, there was a final deportation order in the hands of the ICE officials. In both cases, the state sought to detain these defendants primarily on the grounds that they would not be around to stand trial. Importantly, the Supreme Court, all, both of the opinions, the majority opinion and the dissent, talk about the legislative history because the original language dealt with the likelihood of a defendant to flee, i.e. to say, I'm out of here, I'm not going to stand for these charges, versus the language that went into the statute, which deals with the likelihood of a non-appearance. And much debate between the majority and the dissent dealt with this idea of a voluntary or involuntary failure to appeal. The involuntary in this case, meaning action by an independent government agency, ICE, deporting a defendant before the New Jersey charges were resolved. Words, if it is not the defendant's 
doing uh, that he fails to appear, the favorable or presumptive release policy remains in effect. If the defendant is likely to not appear because of another government agency, then uh, he's going to be released. And that sort of is the policy that underlies the court's holding. Let's, let's get in a little bit deeper. First of all, release is favored unless the state can prove by clear and convincing evidence that the defendant is such a risk of flight or a risk to society that the defendant needs to be held over, notwithstanding the score on the public safety assessment, PSA, public safety assessment. There are nine factors. I'll run through them quickly here. Number one, defendant's age. Number two, whether the offense was violent and whether the defendant is age 20 or older. Number three, does the defendant have any other pending charges for prior disorderly persons convictions? Five, prior indictable convictions. Six, prior violent convictions. Seven, failure to appear in the past two years. Eight, failure to appear two years ago or longer. And nine, sentences of incarceration greater than 14 days. As we did not hear, the statute does not deal with those relatively few defendants who are on the verge of deportation when they commit a crime are arrested for a crime, processed for a crime, etc., although there may be a number of folks that have immigration consequences, they may or may not be on the verge of deportation. Scenario with Lopez Carrera, there was a final order of deportation already in place for this defendant. Indeed, in front of the immigration judges, Lopez Carrera argued that he should not be deported in order to stay in the U.S. and in New Jersey to defend those pending charges. The state and the attorney general take the position that if we know a defendant is going to be deported as soon as we release the defendant from incarceration, that the defendant should be detained and held over for trial until the case is resolved in New Jersey. Multiple Amici oppose this position by the state. ACLU, New Jersey Criminal Defense Association, on and on, all believe that it would be a violation of the defendant's due process rights to be released just because there is a pending immigration issue. Chief Justice Rabner and the majority rule accordingly. Immigration consequences alone are not grounds to detain a criminal defendant in New Jersey. If they would otherwise be released under the Criminal Justice Reform Act, under the SCORE and the clear and convincing standard is not met in front of the trial court, the defendant will be released, even if we know they're going to be sent back to, for example, Guatemala immediately, as was the case of Lopez Carrera.
So that's pretty black letter law, except when you read Justice Albin's dissent. And Justice Albin essentially says, hold on a second, because here you've got in Lopez Carrera's position, a known order for immediate deportation. Indeed, there was an application made to the New Jersey Supreme Court to stay the detainer, essentially, to to stay his release in order to keep this defendant in New Jersey and uh, subject to the criminal charges. And Justice Albin focuses on our strong policy in our Constitution and in our statutes. Every prosecutor's office has an office a victim witness protection office. And here we've sort of cast aside the important policy of involving victims, protecting victims, and uh, making victims partners of the criminal justice process by letting these, the specifically Lopez Pereira defendant go and be released when the case could have been prioritized the defendant could have been held, tried, and let the chips fall where they may at trial. In a sense, in honoring the defendant's rights under the CJRA, the victim's rights are cast aside. The defendant is gone, and there's no reason to expect he'll be back. He's been deported from the United States to Guatemala. Interesting. You have to read the dissent. To understand the majority, really, I find it was extremely helpful in framing the overall understanding of the matter. Also, my two cents on this case is that there's an irony in that the offenses and the original arrests and charges all happened pre-COVID. Now, this decision comes down at the end of March 2021, and we've spent a year doing cases virtually, certainly there's a huge question as to whether a defendant would make a deal that says, okay, let me be deported, and yet I will stand for the charges levied against me in the United States, in New Jersey, and participate virtually in a trial. Who knows? Uh, It's for another day, but the walls have been broken down, and justice has been administered across the spectrum of cases, not so much yet in the criminal jury setting yet, uh, but a little bit. We've had some interaction, and certainly nationwide we've had some virtual jury trials. So it's entirely possible that technology could moot a decision like this, where a defendant is deported and yet could still stand for the charges. Don't ask me what would happen if the defendant is convicted and sentenced to jail time in New Jersey. When they're out of the country, they're deported, and their prospects of ever returning are essentially nil. Query whether that would be justice for the victims. To be determined, but my suspicion is it will not be too far into the future where that exact question will be answered by an important court in the United States, perhaps even the New Jersey Supreme Court. Well, I hope you enjoy this one. Again, you got three defendants, two cases, one important issue, interesting issue, not addressed 
by the legislature. I should have said that before. We've got uh, Judge Johnson coming back up. I want to thank you guys for the reviews. Please pop those ratings and reviews into Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and pass the bold sidebar around to anyone who might be interested. There are a few nerds interested in the New Jersey Supreme Court. Also, if you have a case that's pending before the court, heading for the court, just been to the court, get in touch with me and let's talk about it so you can bring your experience to bear and help out your colleagues and uh, help round out the podcast. Thanks so much. Signing off. This is Jeff Horn. This is the Bold Sidebar. Mm-hmm.